I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Mint's uh, webinar series, Pivot or Perish. Uh, the, uh, my name is Anil Padmanabhan and I will be co-hosting this episode with my colleague Devoshi Chakki. There is no gain saying that the uh, COVID pandemic has brought the world and the Indian economy to its knees. And within this, uh, the automobile sector has borne the brunt of this uh, savage uh, uh, blow to the economy. The, uh, in last month, for example, there were zero sales. So it's the kind of challenge which uh, many believe is not a one-off shock and is going to set in flow fundamental structural change in the way we behave, the way we consume, and the way industry um, conducts itself, or we all conduct ourselves. So to understand this and more, as always, we have uh, lined up a great panel. The way that we have structured the show is uh, we have got uh, Mr. Bhargava, who will kick off the whole proceedings with an opening address. Thereafter, he'll be joined by my colleague, Mr. Chakki, and uh, <clears throat> and the other panelists. So uh, Mr. Bhargava is already on the screen. He hardly needs an introduction. I think uh, the entire modern contemporary automobile industry in India uh, and his timeline is uh, is associated with his timeline. So, Mr. Bhargava, welcome to the show and uh, it's an Thank honor you. to host you. Uh, sir, if I could request you to deliver the opening address and then I could come back to you to take this up further. Thank you, Mr. Bhargava. Thank you very much and a very good evening to everybody. Uh, as uh, Mr. Padmanabhan said, the coronavirus has made us all relook and change the way we live our lives. I don't think we had ever imagined uh, two months ago what it would be like to live in a lockdown. We didn't even know what a lockdown was at that time because it had never happened in my lifetime. And that has shown us how the whole way we live, the way we behave, the way we go out, the way we interact with people, the way we conduct meetings, all of that has undergone a change already in a short period of four to five weeks. And that has been the impact of this virus. I think it also reveals many, many of the weaknesses which were in a sense, inherent and apparent in the Indian industry, and which over all these last 70 years has prevented Indian industry generally becoming a highly competitive industry as far as the global manufacturing scene is concerned. We have always wanted, at least for the last uh, 30 years, to attract foreign direct investment into India in the manufacturing sector. 
There have been numerous delegations of led by ministers which have gone abroad seeking foreign investment. The result has been really quite uh, small and nothing like what could have happened. Even now, when industry in the last couple of years or three years has been shifting out of China, the bulk of it has gone to places other than India. Very few companies have come to India. And I think that was something which is already there. And uh, we need to see now that this opportunity which the pandemic has created and which is making us all introspect on, as I said, how we live and how do we do business, to consider whether we need to change something. That the economy is down on its knees is apparent to everybody. That it was an inevitable consequence of the virus is also, I think, pretty obvious because given the size of the Indian population, the density of people in cities, the way people live, four, six people in a room, the poverty and the lack of medical facilities, there was no other answer except this lockdown. But the lockdown has extracted a huge price from the economy. And it is for us now to see how do we use this situation to create an Indian industry which will now be globally competitive to not only get rid of the weaknesses that we've had in the past, but to use what has become apparently very clear to all of us as a means of becoming more productive now in the uh, pandemic period of how to become really competitive. The automobile industry particularly is important because it constitutes almost 50% of the manufacturing sector. And uh, what happens in the automobile industry to a large extent shapes what happens elsewhere. Most countries which grew industrially, whether it was USA, UK, Germany, Japan, Korea, China, have all ridden on the back of the automobile industry. And therefore, our industry has a particularly important role to play in industrializing India, making it competitive, creating employment opportunities. Now, what is it that we need to do that we need to consider? One thing is pretty obvious to me, that what has been done in the last 70 years in terms of the way we have managed industry the way industry and government have interacted with each other is not going to work any further and it needs to change. What I mean is that as far as Indian industry is concerned, we have always looked only towards the West for management technology. We have copied management practices. We have learned from business schools in the United States and we have uh, practiced what has been practiced earlier in the USA largely and the West generally. This needs to be considered. Is it something appropriate for India? We need to note that the USA is not a manufacturing nation anymore. Most of the manufacturing goods come from China. The West generally barring uh, Germany is not a manufacturing country anymore, and Germany has a slightly different management style. And is it appropriate for us to follow the Western management style, or should we look east now and see how we can get lessons from the east, adapt it to the Indian situation, and create 
an Indian management style which will be far more uh, competitive in terms of its outcomes than what we have managed with the Western management style. I know it's very difficult to make mindset changes when we have been doing business in a certain manner over so many decades. But the pandemic has shown us how exactly that has been done by most of us in our way of living. If we can change our way of living so fast, surely we can change the way we manage industry and work on industry. The second thing which comes out is that government and industry have to work together. During this uh, last five weeks, in some areas, industry and government work together in many ways. And the results of that have been outstanding. You know, we, we have got into this business of manufacturing ventilators at the government instance. There was complete support from government. The result was that in a few weeks, we could reach a manufacturing capacity of 10,000 ventilators a month when that company was not even doing 200 ventilators a month uh, previously, not even in a year, actually. So that is what can happen if government and industry work together. For government and industry to work together, the most essential thing is building of trust between industry and the government. This trust has been lost. It was lost initially during the license Raj period. It was lost because of corruption. It was lost because of tax evasion. It was lost because uh, the whole system worked very differently and productivity and competitiveness were not issues at that time. That has to change. And industry has a responsibility for doing things in a manner which will earn government trust. Another consequence of uh, the working during that period uh, of the license Raj was uh, derived out of what I just said. This business of uh, black money generation led to money being siphoned out of companies. People ran companies primarily for the benefit of their families, for themselves and the future generations. They did not concentrate on the priority of building their companies itself as their first goal. That if ultimately the company becomes larger, becomes bigger, becomes more prosperous, then all of us will prosper. And you see the results of that today. Most companies in India, particularly in the MSME sectors where this business of uh, very marginal profits in the balance sheet was uh, almost uh, universal, have all run into serious cash flow problems. They've never had a balance sheet which supported growth, which supported better technology, which supported better manpower, which supported better products. And that today has shown up in the short period that the staying power of industry is almost nothing. The industries are uh, really living from hand to mouth. They have a very short time span during which they can function. If, if the going is good, everybody is good. The moment the going becomes difficult, difficult times come, we find it difficult to carry on. And that is because we have not concentrated on building the internal resources and the reserves of companies. It's necessary that Today, industry, and I'm including the automobile industry in that, not only the OEMs, but I'm including 
the vendors, the tier one, tier two, tier three, all of them have to concentrate today on generating maximum internal resources in their companies. These expenditures which they incur on company accounts, on overheads and such things have to be reduced. All that money has to be put back into the company. Sure, you'll be paying higher taxes, but then tax rates have come down significantly. And that helps to follow a cleaner way of doing business. If we build stronger companies, if we concentrate that over the next few years, let's big, bigger and bigger and more prosperous companies with strong balance sheets, strong reserves, then I think we will be able to change the whole cycle which has developed over these years of uh, just carrying on as business as usual, not becoming competitive. The bureaucracy will, I think, have a different attitude. The politicians will have a different attitude. Building trust will become easier if they see that Indian industry is now concentrating on actually building industry rather than concentrating on seeing how they can lead a better life, a life with a more little bit of luxury, a little bit of travel, and all the things which have been going on. So my suggestion at this stage is that uh, we concentrate our discussions on this whole issue of building a competitive Indian industry, which will include the automobile industry. The automobile industry itself actually had a bad 1920. We know what happened for various reasons which have been discussed in the past. It's just unfortunate that when we were looking to revive in the current year, we've been hit by the pandemic. And this creates even a bigger challenge for Indian industry on how to bounce back. And I think here, it will have to be a combination of industry's own actions, which must create confidence in the public, in the government, in the bureaucracy, in the politicians, and which will actually strengthen the company. But this has to be backed by some actions by the government, which will enable the industry doing all this to actually take advantage and again become a strong sector which will lead the industrialization of India. And I think demand creation is the biggest issue for the automobile industry. I think the issue of uh, affordability of cars is going to be an issue in the coming months. And I think that is something which government will need to look at and address because production volumes are going to be way below capacities. Costs of manufacturing are still going to be higher than in the past, in spite of what we do to reduce costs. And in that circumstance, if the demand position doesn't hold up, if we still have to give large discounts and things to sell cars, I think this industry will find it very difficult. So my request is government, industry need to work together, work in trust, work in confidence, and work to create a vibrant, dynamic, competitive Indian industry. Thank you very much. Let's leave it open for discussion now. Well, for us, I uh, if I can pop one quick question to you before I uh, sure. bring in my co-host and the other panelists, because I don't want to miss out on the opportunity. You've served in government at a senior level uh, all the way in the uh, core administrative machinery of this country. And you have been in the private sector for all these years. And you talked about this mindset reset. 
and uh, you said uh, enormous a big step has been taken with the whole ventilator uh, production of ventilators where both sides have come together to bridge this trust deficit so how do you see since you've seen both sides the mindset reset particularly in the bureaucracy which seems from for us those looking from outside in it seems to kind of shackle indian industry in a big way and the license raj mindset still seems to hold very very strong you are right because firstly i don't see a political consensus in india on how to take industrialization forward i think individually if you talk to different political leaders they all say yes india needs to industrialize but when it comes to public statements and public positions i think there is no unanimity and that creates confusion in the bureaucracy because the bureaucracy looks to see what the politician wants the second aspect is i think the bureaucracy has never been trained to think what business needs and what business does private business has always been an area of uh, let's say suspicion of some sort partly because of what industry has been doing is also a fact as i said tax evasion and corruption and all that but partly also because government servants right from the beginning and i can say this from my own experience were told that uh, you should not get close to private industrialists you should not have good social relations with them at one time this used to be part of our conduct rules that uh, in uh, having socializing with private industry was itself suspect now all of that has to change and it can only change both by the leaderships giving clear directions and changing the rules responsibilities of uh, government servant should not become so difficult that they are suspecting that vigilance will come every time they do something to facilitate business the the facilitating of business should be a required kra for government servants not something which has to be done with great caution so that the files show that you have taken every precaution not to help a private person okay thank you mr bhargava uh, i will now uh, like to welcome my co-host devarshi chakki who will uh, walk us uh, through the rest of the conversation the first second half of the conversation devarshi over to you thank you anil um joining us uh, thank you uh, very much mr bhargava uh, it was really uh, you know very insightful to understand you know where we are probably headed uh, as an economy and also as a sector joining us in this discussion today is also mr rajan vadera he is president of uh, society of indian automobile manufacturers uh, manufacturers association uh, uh, we have mr vikram kirloskar uh, president cii and mr rajiv chaba he is president of uh, uh, president at m and md of uh, thank you everybody for joining us uh, uh, i'll straight away get to get to my uh, most basic question that everybody is asking uh, as we enter our you know the first early stage of uh, you know production uh, the lockdowns are kind of easing in many areas of the country many regions of the country a lot of people are asking is the recovery likely to be gradual or are you looking at a, a v shaped recovery like we have seen in some of the past crises uh, uh, in history Uh, i'll probably go to mr vadera first you know what do you think sir how is it going to be like for the industry oh, well <clears throat> thank you devashree uh, see if you really look at the year 1920 the way it has gone for us uh, overall uh, 
it has been about 18% degrowth. Passenger vehicle segment degrew by 18%. Commercial vehicle, there was a degrowth of 29%. Three-wheelers, 9% degrowth. And two-wheelers had about 18% degrowth. So with that kind of a degrowth and the problem that we are facing, and we are shut down almost now for a month and a half, and we don't see likelihood of full volume, full capacity coming. This has to be also understood with the GDP figures and the GDP growth rates that are being talked of. We have had uh, two scenario building. Uh, scenario one is that if the GDP grows at 2 to 3%, then even in that scenario, we're talking of 18 to 24% degrowth amongst various segments. And God forbids, if the GDP is flat or negative, then the degrowth will be as high as 35 to 40%. Uh, which means two very bad back-to-back -back years. And in such a circumstance, we will be almost reaching levels of a decade back volumes of 2010, 2011. Those would be the kind of volumes we will reach. Capacities will be at 50% utilization. And the kind of problem that you see on the demand side, supply side, okay, you know, we can understand in a month's time, we'll be able to start, uh, let us say, 50 to 70% of our production. But then the huge challenge, as Mr. Bargav said clearly, is on the demand side. We need demand stimulus so that uh, volumes can come back. And uh, that's the biggest challenge that the industry is going to face. Yeah, I mean, the stimulus has been a, 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 has been an issue uh, for, a, uh, for a while now. You know, there are a lot of, uh, lot of assumptions on how uh, the stimulus should be. Uh, let me go to Mr. Kirloskar, sir. Uh, I mean, you, you are the president of CII. The first thing, I think, if we can change after this uh, uh, pandemic and the kind of situ crisis situation is we are in, uh, we've learned the center and the states are able to work together. They're able to supply food. They're able to supply essential items across the country. Also, the largely the opposition has been working with the government. I wish this will continue after the crisis is over. That will make one big difference and that will enable us to push in big ticket reforms. A second is what he's talked about, trust. I entirely agree right from my beginning in CII. I've been, I've been saying we have to improve respect between trust and respect between society and industry, society and government and government and industry. This, is, this kind of a, a triangulation is very, very important for us to go forward. Anyway, getting back to industrial growth, besides the auto industry, we've been talking with various sectors. There are some sectors uh, like the chemical industry. There's some, some companies which have been running at almost 100% through the uh, crisis because of the requirement of essential items. A lot of the food producers, essential food producers have been running pretty well. Whilst there are others who have run at 40-50%, a lot of the steel plants have been running even right through this, and exporting largely to Japan, uh, they've also been running at about 30-40%. Uh, auto has been zero, uh, as was told, and a lot of the small businesses, uh, small producers have been virtually zero. Pharma has been doing well. Uh, uh, agriculture looks pretty good. Uh, in spite of the situation, I think they managed to get the people out in time to start the harvest. So overall, economy... I, I don't see any any chance of any great growth. It's going to come down. Auto sector down by 50% next year. And uh, uh, it's it's going to be a completely changed environment. 
running a com- for a large company this is like mr bargav said if you built up your reserves some of us have been able to build up our reserves over the year we have no debt uh, we we can we can ride through for a couple of months perhaps but not more than that and not definitely not at 40 50% capacity utilization the the fixed costs are too high uh, and then you will start thinking of how do you slash fixed costs and the biggest problem uh, the especially from the auto sector point of view is is the employment we have a huge amount of employment especially in the dealerships which is which is phenomenal across the country it's not just in the industrial areas as the the component manufacturers are in industrial areas the car makers are in industrial areas but the dealerships are across the country and and they're good businesses they're all independent businesses and they are under severe stress right now uh, uh with with the situation so it's going to be a tough time with with employment i think in the coming years ahead uh, at least one i don't see the auto industry coming back to normal some kind of uh, vagary of i mean normal production till june 21 so that's that's one part of uh, one 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 side of the pie i mean supply side of course you know it will probably uh, get back to you know near normal uh, going forward uh, demand seems to be a big question here and also and also adding to that the entire experience the consumer experience the customer experience you know probably will move to you know virtual uh, from what we see today how are the auto companies geared to geared for that right now you know first of all i think we've just started opening our dealerships my experience with our dealerships i'm sure it's similar with and i i spoke with rajan earlier also he said we have started getting in people for service actually quite a good amount wherever the dealerships have opened people are coming into service vehicles i was told on the commercial side vehicle side also uh, commercial vehicles which have been used for the last one month their people desperately need services uh, to to repair and maintain the vehicles so that has started and if you look at the structure of a dealership service plays a very very important uh, uh issue in covering their costs and perhaps covering all their costs so that's if a service starts and people get some confidence in 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 the safety of a dealership i think there is some scope of buying but you know i get up you know i i've been saying this to many at many shows you know i can't imagine anyone getting up in the morning and saying uh, i want to buy a new car that <laughs> unless he desperately needs it for some reason or the other in fact uh, um, we are just getting some live comments uh, people actually you know we may we may 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 uh, could end up seeing a different kind of picture a lot of people are asking if uh, car makers are going to give big discounts after the lockdown if they want to shut themselves off they'll give discounts i would, i think the prices will rise if you are going to run at uh, 30 40% uh, capacity utilization uh, unless you want to just commit hirakiri you'll uh, you'll probably raise your prices and try to balance between what you are producing and what uh, you know what you can uh, sell mr chaba you want to add to that thank you started off in india yes i would say thanks for inviting me to this great forum uh, uh, mr bargo i am talking to you through this probably after 15 years i last talked to you when i was in gm and vikram nice seeing you again uh, so uh, uh, rajan and i keep talking so i think you know i have a, a view that uh, you know let's talk about next four or five months and i think first we need to agree that uh, uh, the government and industry has to decide that we need to move on with the coronavirus we need to live with coronavirus you know and and we need to find a way obviously we don't have to take any liberties with that we need to be very safe have all kinds of precautions new sops and all all of us i think are doing that uh, so i think uh, uh, but we need to get going now 
you know, uh, still we are finding it very difficult to open all our dealerships in many of the locations. All top locations, for the right reasons, probably are closed. But we need to find a way to open them. Uh, uh, we are fortunate that we started our plant around nine days back, uh, but the supply chain is in a big, uh, big, big, big. It's a, it's a big issue. Uh, we all know. Uh, Mr. Bhargava talked about tier two, tier three, tier four, uh, and uh, you know, uh, right now, as an example, for small one part. Bundy tube, we are stuck and we can't do it because Bundy tube happens to be in a red zone of uh, Vadodara. So, so you know, we can't we can't start producing. So, we are producing at probably 25%, 20% capacity at maybe 30% of our productivity. So, the cost is a huge issue. This was a live mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.